0: This is Stacy Marshall with Printware Magazine.
1: Matt Visallo with the RhinestoneWorld.com. Richard Greaves with ScreenMaking.com. Brian Walker with RTP Apparel.
2: This is Peter Walsh with M&R, and you're listening to the Two Regular Guys Podcast. Podcast. Podcast.
1: Hosted by Terry Combs. Terry Combs. Terry Combs. Terry
2: Combs. And
1: Aaron Montgomery. Aaron Montgomery.
0: Aaron Montgomery. Keep on listening. I don't know if these guys are that regular.
1: All right. Well, welcome into the show. It is Friday, March 18th, 2022. I'm Terry Combs, and you can find me at TerryCombs.com. And I'm
0: Aaron Montgomery, and you can find me at oursuccessgroup.com. Uh, today, folks, we are going to be joined by Don Copeland, good friend of ours. We've known Don for a very long time. Uh, he's a veteran like us, but um, <laughs> and uh, Don is with a company called Cold Desi, and he's going to be joining us today to talk about this thing we all hear tons and tons about. You know, we've talked about it here on this program. Um, at, at different levels, but we're going to talk about commercial DTF printing, that, that uh, commercial level printers, uh, purpose-built printers, uh, that, that type, type of thing. So I'm excited to uh, talk to Don. Uh, you, you still see it everywhere. And so uh, yeah. covering DTF is uh, going to be uh, an important topic today, Terry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's all the buzz in the industry. But Aaron, I want to wish you a belated uh, happy St. Patrick Mahomes Day. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day,
0: right? <laughs> to, to you as well. I had my full uh, round of green on yesterday, so no pinching for me. But very uh, nice. uh, It was good, good, good. All right. Well, let's uh, see here. We've got Yosta checking in from Sweden. We've got uh, Bevy Jean checking in, and uh, Todd at Fat Dad wholesale checking in as well. Um, and then you guys might see me glancing up every now and again for those who are on the video side. <laughs> Uh I had my old man volleyball league uh finals playoffs last night and we played uh we played two matches and, <laughs> and I just can't do it anymore. So I'm sick <laughs> of standing up. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> very nice. Uh, all right. Cool. Well, um, let's hit some news items and then get Don in here, Terry, so we can dive right in. Sound good? Let's do. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this uh came across an email that I got from the apparelist and uh and that's the uh, new publication by Printing United that's being headed up by Cassie Green. Some great information going on over there. And uh, we've talked about Dove Charney several times on, on this podcast. We, we go way back with Dove, too. Um, <laughs> I remember when he was first really getting American Apparel off the ground. So I'll, I'll read the news item here. Uh, Dove Charney, the founder and former American Apparel CEO, has filed for bankruptcy. Um, he's once again made his way into the headlines The former American Apparel founder and CEO has filed for personal bankruptcy in Los Angeles, along with his latest business venture, a vintage clothing store. Uh, According to Business of Fashion website, Charney was forced into bankruptcy court because he owed $30 million to a New York-based investment firm, Standard General, who was involved with American Apparel. Uh, In the 1990s, Charney built American Apparel into a major retail-based in Los Angeles, uh, the company became publicly traded in 2007, but shortly after, Charney was forced out as the company began losing money. According to various reports of the time, the board ousted Charney in 2014 in light of his inappropriate behavior and constant sexual harassment accusations, among other things. Uh, so you can read more about that. Uh, Eric's got the bit.ly link up on screen and also the links in the comments. And we'll have links to that in the show notes after the fact as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, uh, as Todd said, 30 million. That's a uh, pocket change, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you could just tell him out, Terry. You've got that in your couch,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dove, uh, Dove does uh, keep appearing in the industry, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yep. yep. He likes to live on that bleeding edge, right? (laughs) He he does does indeed. I didn't talk with him, but I I did see him at the wandering Around the Long Beach show. So interestingly enough. Impressions Expo Long Beach. Yep. Exactly. So, All right. Well, what, what about you, Terry? I, I I don't have a news item, Aaron. Uh, I, more than anything, I was just wondering if any of our listeners attended or exhibited at the Graphics Pro Expo last week in Irving, Texas. We would love to hear any updates. I don't know about you, Aaron, but I, I basically didn't hear anything about the show from anyone. So I was just curious how the show went for uh, the attendees, the uh, the vendors, and yeah. just curious uh, w- what happened over there. Yeah, yeah. I.
0: I, you know, I, I knew a couple people going, but yeah, you're right. I didn't really hear much after the fact. So that may just be because they're really busy. Um, actually I'm actually supposed to catch up with my friends over at the magic touch next week and I know they were there, so I will definitely find out more from them and, um, I know the gentleman from Trainer.com were over there as well. So, uh, but yes, I have not heard from him. So either that means it was slow and they don't want to talk about it, or it was, uh, or it was really busy
1: and they're just uh, <laughs> closing deals, right? So, yeah. You know, and it, it wasn't, there, there was no bad news. There was no, no good news. There was yeah. just no news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so usually somebody has a comment out there and I just, uh, Was sitting thinking about this morning and thought, man, I I didn't hear from anybody. So anyway, I I went last year because it was really the first, uh, uh, you know, show back. So exactly. All right. Well,
0: um, Terry, you didn't have a a specific news item, but I believe you have a dad joke. So that's really what's
1: important. I do, Aaron. I have a geometry joke, and everybody loves geometry jokes, right? Of course. I mean. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> In the subset of math jokes. <laughs> uh, all right, here you go. Uh, do you know what's under the Bermuda Triangle, Aaron? I do not. It's a rectangle for our podcast listeners that's w-r-e-c-k rectangle
0: Uh, the fact that you had to spell that out for our podcast listeners terry may say something about the joke i'm not sure that does put it in the dad. man we've even we've got our guests we've got our producers everybody's shaking their head at that one terry (laughs) (laughs) all right well, let's say good morning, to a couple more people, and then uh, we'll get into some other things here and and get Don in here. Um, let's see here. We had Wendy checking in. Uh, we've got Chuck. Good morning, and I know I'm missing some people here, so don't don't worry. I see your comments. I'm just trying to get through them all. Uh, we've got uh, Jennifer. Uh, good morning, and she's also checking in on the YouTube side as well. So keeping uh, keeping up on both sides there. Um, <laughs> Tanya says, uh, good morning, my friends. Oh boy. The joke. So, uh, there we go. <laughs> I thought, oh boy,
1: too. Thanks for appreciating it, Tanya. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All it's right. It's all a matter, matter of how you read it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then we've got, uh, Megan Brio checking in. Good morning. Thanks for being here, Megan. Good to see you. Um, all right, Terry. Well, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you and then we'll, uh, get through a couple things and then get
1: Don in, in here as well yeah absolutely before we dive in we want to thank everybody for checking out the two regular guys podcast we are always looking for new guests so if you or anyone you know would like to join us go to calendly.com slash two the number two (laughs) regular guys with your show ideas if you are listening to the podcast version of the show we would appreciate you sharing the two regular guys podcast with all your industry friends so they can become regulators too we would appreciate you giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Podcast, or wherever you do your podcast listening. We are everywhere. If you're watching us live right now, please join in with your comments and questions, uh, and, uh, and uh, we will uh, invite Don in in just a second.
0: Yeah. And just one, one second. Um, I, I don't know when you said uh, when we are everywhere, Terry, if we should follow that with an apology or how that works, but
1: um. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> so. Okay. All right.
0: Good. Um, And then uh, Scott, definitely not chop liver. Uh, the, the comments were just scrolling by too fast to catch yours. So good morning, Scott. Thanks for being here. Uh, Mike Muldoni says uh, good timing for this topic and good morning. So thanks for being here. Um, real quick, before we do get Don in here though, Terry, I did want to uh, just let folks know that uh, we are open to new sponsorship opportunities now. And, uh, if you'll go to two regular forward slash sponsorship, you can get all of the details. And, um, so we're always looking to partner up with folks in a, in a manner that is, uh, about growing the industry, a rising tide lifts all boats. So that's what we're looking for in a, in a sponsor, uh, partnership. And so again, if you'll go to two regular forward slash sponsorship, uh, you can, uh, become part of this show and and uh, we'll we'll share something about your company every every week so um good opportunities there we we did shut that down last year terry i know we've talked about it before but i'll just briefly mention yeah we shut it down last year because we felt like um the trade shows were, were so important that we get back to having these in-person events and uh so we felt like it was our responsibility our part in our ninth season last year to uh say, hey, you know what? Let's just open this up. We're going to reach out to the, the main, the, the what four main uh, trade shows and say, hey, here's our calendar. You guys all pick an equal number of days and we'll, you know, you guys can be the sponsor that day. And, and just uh, shared what they had going on to try to get them back in, in the swing of things. And we didn't lose anybody. So, you know, I felt like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, Lost yeah. a few shows along the way, but, uh, but all, all the players are there.
0: Yeah, exactly. And honestly, seeing new stuff happening too. So that's really cool too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, are we ready? Are we ready for some DTF talk, Terry? I think we're ready. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to welcome in Don Copeland and he has been in the decorated apparel and graphics industry for over 30 years. He has been involved in the development and growth of digital Mm -hmm. products ranging from DTG, to uv and now on to dtf at coldesi which is out of tampa florida and he's been doing that with them since 2004 currently he is product manager for digital ink products involving these products as well as helping with development of new and emerging digital technologies let's welcome him into the show don copeland hey don. morning gentlemen hey. Hey, hey Don. good to see happy
3: you brady's coming back friday
0: there you go. From that's my right, homes t- fan. Yeah, a little little
1: football rivalry. There you go. Right there you yeah, go. I love it. Love it. So how about how about that guy that paid uh, half a million dollars for oh. the last uh touchdown pass football, <laughs> and the next day Brady came back. I think I Brady owes knew him the some guy money. who got
3: the other one. you know the guy where where he gave him the ball, and they yeah. took it back and gave him. All, that was a a friend of the family's son. Wow, who got all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, had guy well, with a half million dollar ball that's worth about a hundred bucks now. Yeah, exactly. You,
0: you could basically go, oh, well, no, this is the
1: first retirement, right?
0: The first oh, last that. ball. <laughs> the right. first
3: last ball. Yeah, that's right. Love it. It's like
0: the Rolling
1: Stones. this there I swear, go. this is our last tour. Exactly. <laughs> the farewell to the farewell tour. Yeah, yeah. All right, Don. Well, let's start. And, you know, we're, we're talking DTF today, direct to film. For mm-hmm. any of our listeners who don't know... Tell us what DTF printing is and, and and when did this all begin?
3: So that's a good. Uh, the, the when did this all begin is a good question because it's <laughs> it's kind of sh- shrouded in mystery. Approximately two years ago, I think is the best way to state it. And it's really started to creep into the U.S. over the last year. Um, it's I'll, I'll do the quick qualifier I do when I demo, do a demo for someone. There's nothing new. All right, we've taken technology that existed. large format printers have been around for 25 years, right? We, the, the ink sets that we use are, are basically derivatives of what we've been using for DTG since our early days, 17, 18 years ago. Um, the film is not unlike the film that's been used by screen printers to do plastic cell transfers on. The, the powder is a derivative of the same powder, maybe a little finer, but it's the same concept. And hello, belt dryers, right? Belt dryers are 35 years old. Um, we, as I like to say, we've taken uh, peanut butter and chocolate and made a really freaking cool Reese cup, right? <laughs> it all yeah. works together. We, the rip softwares we're using, you know, across the industry are just the same, same types of software that we use with ours. We sell about 200 packages a month between our white toners, our DTG, our UV and our DTF, right? So it's just modifications of the rips that are out there. Just like every time we've added something new to the industry. Yeah. Right. so that's kind of what it is you print uh you print onto a film uh in reverse obviously because it's a transfer it traverses down on a commercial machine now we're not talking about the the diys or the you know converted epsons and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh it traverses down it's actually at least on our systems it's actually warmed at the front of the printer and then on another ramp it's warmed up a little bit more so you get the ink to gel it goes underneath a cascade of powder um Basically with ours, it's just timed to drop powder on, on a periodic basis. It it comes up, it gets beaten from behind um, so that the powder shakes off, which then falls down into a reservoir to be recycled. And it goes through a, a belt dryer and it comes out the back end and it's ready to be transferred. Uh, generally on the commercial machines, you're gonna see they're gonna have a take up roller that just takes the, the media as it comes through.
0: Nice, okay.
1: Awesome. And that powder, for anybody who didn't catch, uh, you know, uh, follow along, that that's an adhesive, a dry mm-hmm. adhesive yeah. powder. So yeah, that adheres to the wet ink.
3: It it replaces what we've we consider binders and polymers in our DTG inks, but you're applying it on the backside of the ink instead of mixing it in with the inks, Best way to describe right.
0: it. Nice, nice. And that then allows you to then transfer that onto a, a multitude of different types of
3: fabrics and whatnot. Correct. correct. Okay. That's the really big thing I think <clears> about <throat> it is it's it's doesn't care what fabric it's going to
0: okay all right you know? well well let's talk about that then Don mm-hmm. we, you know, I want to talk about kind of what what has been the impact you said you know about two years ago really kind of coming right. into the US market over the last year what um you know we talked about it at the front of the show how this is definitely the the life of the party right now right lots mm-hmm. of conversations about it but but what has been the the real impact of it
3: you know we're just starting to see it and I'm going to go back to a bold statement. I think that maybe somebody you both worked for at one point said, "This DTG is going to kill screen printing." Right? Well, yeah, it's, If a hangnail could, yes, maybe. But um, this is this is going to be. It's beginning to start to put a, a a hurt on large DTG operations. I say a hurt. It's 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 changing the way they're doing business, and we're seeing a lot of customers who have 4 and 6 head manuals or maybe small 8 8 head automatics who are looking to move those out and bring in a commercial DTF machine because it it can do probably 90 to 95% of what they're doing on those in a much smaller footprint and so we're seeing people reduce down I've had a couple customers actually just reduce their their physical space in half you know, you don't have the the electrical requirements, the cleanup requirements to you do of screen printing. So it's kind of a mix of where we're seeing it. Large fulfillment houses are are bringing these on and in many cases re- replacing the, the, the. we're not talking about the desktop DTGs that we've mostly dealt with. We're talking about the high dollar, uh, you know, high production type of DTGs because you don't have to do pretreatment. You know, that, that's the elephant in the room that we don't like to talk about when we talk about DTG is pretreatment. Because it's it's tedious, it's messy, and it's a it's an expense that's often ignored when we when we quote how much it t- costs to produce a shirt. So it's true. It's it's impacting huge. We've had a couple of companies that one company has ordered nine, one, one company has gotten ten machines, and they're using them either to replace or in place of their next step with the large, you know, high dollar DTGs.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, Don, you mentioned uh, early in your statement there about uh, do-it-yourself, do uh, DIY mm-hmm. uh, DTF printers. Uh, talk about what those
3: are. Yeah, a lot of those are, you know, modified Epson printers, not unlike, you know, the genesis of the DIY for, you know, DTGs. I mean, even right. the machines that we sold in the earliest days were modified Epson printers. Yep. You know, we or Frankenstein, depending on what, what day you felt like calling him. Right. <laughs> um, but those were done by at least professionals who were very good at it. And uh, now you have people as obviously with YouTube and everything, we can all do anything. I don't know about you. I don't really know how to do anything, but I can do anything through YouTube. Right. <laughs> and so they're modifying their printers. And the challenges are that this type of printing, number one, you know, you're dealing with rollers and stuff like that. And you're dealing with a, an ink that's got to be wet, you know, and it's large quantities, it's not like printing a, a page, you know, of, of text or whatnot. Um, so they're modifying them, having to take take them apart, take the bottoms out of them, basically, to be able to feed the stuff through. They're not set up multiple heads. Almost all of them are going to be single head machines, which means you're taking the print head and, you know, typical print, print head's going to have 180 nozzles, eight channels. You're going to take four of the channels for white. And you can take four of the channels for your CMYK, but you're only using 90 nozzles at a time because you're leading in with 90, 90 nozzles of white and then chasing with 90 nozzles of color. So they're they're ridiculously slow. And it's it's probably probably been a good thing that this happened. You know, this is the weird things that go on in my head because it's given it's scared some people from DTF because of the horror stories of the DIY movement. Right. It's like check the ink and replace the head type of thing on a daily basis, you know, and uh, when you go to commercial machines, I think Aaron used the phrase, you know, purpose built machines, multiple heads, most of the machines on the market are either two head or four head. So you have much larger print swaths on a four head machine. You, in essence, are putting down two inches of white and two inches of color at a time. That's that's crazy. Right. Um, the DIYs, you people are talking about maybe getting 10 to 15 transfers an hour out at best case scenario when the planet's aligned and you know the, baron, the barometric pressure is right. Whereas on a commercial machine, I can just go from what w- the, the times we get on our machines, they range from 50, 50 linear feet an hour, which is 22 inches wide, up to 150 linear feet an hour, 22 inches wide. That's a little bit more than 20 transfers. And so there's, therein is, is the difference. And so a lot of people kind of shied away, which is good because it's already overwhelming the, the demand for this product line. And it's not just us and anybody who's involved in it on the commercial side that, you know, the manufacturers are scrambling to stay up with, with the demands for this. I know we've quadrupled our orders since the beginning of the year yeah. for machines.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> all right. Well, we've got a couple of comments coming in from the (laughs) regulators here. Excuse me. Um, Jennifer says uh, the the switch to DTF feels a lot like the massive shift in commercial printing in the late nineties when uh, DTF took over the square footage of actual film cameras and stripping tables for burning plates. So,
3: (laughs) yeah, that's a good explanation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, And then Tanya uh, shared, uh, there are groups that have people who have jumped on this bandwagon and the prints are crap uh talking about the diy and there are people who have cut their teeth on converting honing their craft and move it move to pro machines those people are killing it i recommend to people who got burned to get samples get referrals and build relationships so absolutely well i think that's
1: just like in dtg you know all those early machines were converted over paper printers and And there are still people smarting today from it, going, "No, I'll never do that again," you know, and because because 18 years ago, my uh, my converted over Epson 1800 uh, didn't work the way uh, that that I imagined it was
3: going to. There's some guy waiting on a bridge with a T jet two waiting for you to go by, Terry,
1: or a T jet three, man, T -t 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 -t
3: -t 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 jet three. Yeah, the three was the real. True. Good. Good call. You're right. That's right. But I mean, yeah, you're right i i love what her statement was there're people who got burned because they tried to, they tried to put a round peg in a square hole um, there there are solutions out there to take your dtg printers and do you know short run dtf with them um, but if you're going commercial and you're going to go after it for a marketplace so there's not just your your customers your current customer base the there's a huge marketplace out there for wholesale transfers as well because a lot of those people who've tried to do it on their own they're Etsy store people and things like that and they're just they're they're happy to pay somebody a few bucks a square foot to print for them and so there's a lot of business that way as well the machines do work well we do I run an average of six to eight demos a week here on the machines and it's crazy we have people flying in every week from in and out the same day from all over the country come and actually see it physically, probably because of that same thing, I'm not going to get burned. You know, you don't see the guy's fingers all the time when you're running a video, right? <laughs> so What's he doing down here? that We don't see. So we see that. And I would say we, we run about a 90% uh, purchase rate on people who come in and physically see the machines run. Wow. So and the
1: other ten percent were the people who said, "Well, they are in Tampa, so let's just go." <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: it's this time of year; it's not uncommon to say, "Hey, I'm in Orlando. Can I come over and see the machine?" <laughs> and do you need to punch your ticket for your for your accountant. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they, we actually had one of those yesterday. He was here for a, a swimming tournament. And That's what his business is, is. he does swimming stuff, you know, for swimming teams, for swimming clubs, and yeah. all. But he's committing committed to buying a machine. So it, it does, but it, it is definitely something that it's, it, and it's going to be hard to show at trade shows, by the way, I'm sorry, but it's going to be because you can't just run it and stop it. You know, remember no. DTG, they come up and say, Hey, print me a shirt. <laughs> we could do that with this, you run it. And then you got to run it through. You don't stop it because you've got, you know, PET film and a belt dryer sitting there. And so you do need to continually run them. It's, yeah. and that's what we end up doing. We usually spend about two hours and we'll do a, a run of, 20 to 30 minutes just so they can see the productivity of the machines nice
0: nice all right uh evelyn warner uh asks are are you in tampa
3: i'm actually physically in clearwater right now uh we have we have offices we have uh two offices in the tampa bay area one is over in tampa which is where most of our products are Um, the dtf product line we just did not have room in there so we actually use our facilities here in Clearwater which is where we ship most of our products from it's where product development it was when we we merged uh Bellcat, we were in their facilities that, that was part of the the merge we received their 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 building and so we're in here with it and we do demos out of just where all the machines are prepped and just where all the ink ships from so we're in the Tampa Bay area if you were to come see us you could fly into either Tampa St. Pete air Tampa airport which is about 15 minutes away or actually st pete clearwater airport you may hear the planes going over because we're we're a matter of about 300 yards from them
0: okay all right good um a couple of other comments we'll get to here in a second but um so don i i you know me i, I like to rock the boat a little bit here <laughs> not really rock the boat but rock away, brother change lanes how about that right can okay. i change lanes real quick on sure. you and go a little off script here so you know we're talking about how this is impacting things would you just give people a quick idea of what, you know, when, when you're running this, right, you're talking about replacing some pretty big equipment and some different things right. like that. W- what are we talking about? Like cost-wise, you know, you, you, there's, there's the equipment kind of levels. Yeah, yeah, Well, not necessarily for the equipment. I'm, I'm like thinking, okay, so I've got film. I've got a bunch of, you say, you know, you talk about how much ink we got to lay down. We've got powder and all that other stuff. Yep. W- what is something like that? You know, what would you expect to pay for like a 10 by 12 image, for example?
3: Okay. So great question. I'm glad you asked that. And, you, you changed lanes right into my lane. I love oh,
0: it. Darn it. I okay, actually I mean, yeah. <laughs> went to
3: your website and grabbed your logo with the, the microphone and the, the wing yeah. crossed on each other. Right. It's, yeah. I know it's a crappy low resolution, but I actually ran it through my rip for DTF and I ran it through my rip for DTG at basically 10, 10.6 by eight. <laughs> so right about right in the wheelhouse of the size and the cost on the DTF, this is film powder and ink. The powder is always going to rank high. It's not that much powder because the, the only way to calculate powder usage is let's say that image is 80 square inches for the bounding box. Yeah. It's going to calculate 80 square inches worth of powder. Yeah. So you're probably going to recycle 50% of that, but we'll leave it as it is. Um, It was 49 cents to do this eight by roughly 11 on this. So this will go on a white shirt, black shirt, color shirt, poly shirt, you know, yeah. bag. Anything, yeah. Ran the same thing through our uh, RIP for our G4, and we're not the cheapest on ink in the market. So even if you half the number, which would be ridiculous, yeah. uh, it was a dollar ninety for the exact same design for a black for a color shirt. So you have white underbase color, yeah. and that's not discussing the elephant in the room, which is pre-treatment, which is probably another thirty to forty cents. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Okay. roughly twenty to twenty-five percent. Of the cost on dark shirts you're probably going to be more like 50 percent of the cost on light shirts because we we don't differentiate uh we do have settings in our rip to do white shirt color shirt black shirt yeah but for standpoint of people who are doing production they don't want the guy having to worry about did i grab it from the right stack yeah so we just do everything as a color shirt and it's fine we're not laying as much ink down as we do in dtg so it doesn't have as heavy of a hand
0: Interesting. all right. And then uh, Jennifer says piggybacking on Aaron's question, uh, what is the sweet spot between commercial use and actual utilization for your own shop from an entry level perspective? So uh, I don't
3: know if you can kind of pull something out of that So I mean let's you got to discuss the cost of the equipment. Um, our systems run for between 26 and 36, thousand dollars, and that's for the the printer, the, 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 the shaker dryer, the Uh software, uh, a good set of startup supplies and all. Um, We're finding that our smaller machine uh, will produce uh, up to 1500, but mostly say around 1000 transfers a day for typical size like we discussed there. Um, And on the forehead that you're looking at 3000 per day. Yeah. Uh, So you gotta look at your business. One thing about DTF, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, DTF, you start it and you stop it when you're done for the day. You don't want to start, stop, start, stop because you have a lead in and a lead out of waste material. Yeah. You've got to have a bit of a lead in to get it fed into the machine. Yeah. And then you have to have a lead out so you can hold it as it goes through at the tail end. I, I, I describe it to people, it's like flying an airplane. It's hours of boredom broken up by moments of exhilaration <laughs> at the beginning and at the end, right? Yeah. Um, so you have those waste, time, waste there of a couple feet each side Linear, the, the medias are about 65 to 70 cents a linear foot for 22 inch wide media. Um, so you don't wanna start five times because you're gonna waste an extra 15 feet of film. You don't have to. Right. Uh, plus from the time that the print leaves the front of the printer till it exits and is ready to be transferred is between six and eight minutes, depending on, on our systems, which machine it's coming out of. Yeah. Again, that's just added to the end of when you're done printing. Yeah. So if I do it five times in a day, I'm wasting another forty minutes or so that I don't have to as opposed to running it. And it's just that eight minutes at the end that it comes off. So if you're getting if you're doing your own shirts, it's obviously huge. Yeah. Because you're probably paying two and a half, three dollars a square foot at least for transfers. Okay. And my I see an average in the in the the sixties for what it costs to trans. Yours is a good example. You're at for eight, you know, eighty. Five square inches or so were yeah. 50 cents and so about about 65 70 cents a square foot for most of the transfers do because you don't do it's a transfer you're not going to do shields that are solid right i don't care how you do the transfer unless it's sublimation it's going to feel like a kevlar vest right yeah. now you're doing hoodies and sweatshirts maybe but for your average coverage design you're going to find that you know if you can probably print 100 shirts a day you're going to be easily paying the equipment off and if you're selling the shirts themselves it's probably going to be quicker than that because most people are making about two dollars two and a half dollars a square foot for transfers just selling cut out transfers to people okay
0: All right. Um, Did that answer the question? Uh, I think so. And uh, yeah, Jennifer says nods understanding. That was actually my process when burning film as an art director in commercial printing. So, um, yeah. And then Mike and Evelyn, uh, I've kind of noted your questions in in my uh, in my brain and Eric can hopefully help me find them later. So we'll come back to those, uh, Don. But Terry, I know you've got a question for Don as well
1: yeah don so this isn't going to be like a desktop variety of printer like like a, a do-it-yourself uh type machine so what kind of requirements are we talking about for power the the, the footprint uh, even even getting the machine in sure. into your facility talk to good, us a little bit about yeah, that yeah yeah,
3: it's a good question so again i can only speak from our product side so that's what it's going to be based on yeah. um, we have two machines currently a two head and a head. um the two head you need space-wise it's about 12 feet from nose to tail and obviously you need to give yourself a few feet around each side to be able to work with the machine um the dryer itself without the take-up reel which it comes with the tape take-up reel not installed anyway you have to put it on with four screws needs a 35 and a half 35 and three quarter inch opening so you know that's that can limit some folks um generally mean and the I've been doing this long enough. I know you guys did this for a long time. (laughs) People just heard me say, we need a 35 inch door. No, you need a 35 and three quarter inch opening, which is generally means you're going to have to take the actual trim off of the door (laughs) to get it in. The larger machine is more like 44, 45 inches for the dryer on that. So, you know, it is, it takes space. And that machine is about another two and a half to three feet long as well. And the width is probably another foot and change wider um so you need some space you wouldn't believe that if you came and saw my demo room because we (laughs) we limit the 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 diameter capacity of people who walk between the machines because they're that close together we got about a two foot gap between them because it's that tight Um, so power wise the the smaller machine the two head um requires a 220 uh 20 amp for the shaker dryer and then a, a 110 for the actual uh, printer itself. Yep. the Where we've made the biggest changes, and this is a lot has to do with our partnership with Belket, um, the machines that, the bigger machines came in, they were ready for 40 amp 220 for the shaker dryer, and then it needed another 220 for the printer. So, and I think the smallest you can do on a 220 is 20 amp, but they you could run them with a 50 amp to run both but we've done a lot of work and we've got some stuff we're actually applying for some patents on. We actually have got the entire system running off of a single uh, 220, 30 amp. So you fire it up, it, it powers up the printer, it powers up the dryer, and they're they're isolated inside of the machine so you don't have to worry about the dryer causing problems with the printer. Nice. Um, and also it powers the, the take up reel as well. So it, you're, most people are gonna have to put for the forehead, they're gonna have to have something done because most people don't have a 30 amp just sitting there. But a 20 amp is pretty much your standard, amp, you know, like you would a 220 in your house or something. Yeah. So it's definitely, it's something you have to think about. And the size is, you know, I always tell people either you need a roll-up door or a double door on the forehead. And you need to make sure you measure very tightly or have a sledgehammer with you when you bring the smaller <laughs> unit in. Um, but it, this is not something Sledge we're showing a lot of door, people. Though, right? Not yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly, right, right. Save that for the Tj three. Um, <laughs> you now we've had some people who are in commercial set at, you know uh, storefronts, and they've actually had glass removed from the front. Yeah, and then right. and, and one thing we've learned is with bigger things like this, tell them contact a the piano mover. They'll get it in for you. That's what they do for a living, right? Yeah. That's a good call. That's a that's good, that's good idea.
1: And, and, you know, Don, just like the the large format DTG printers, uh, that's not a machine that you're going to put in your dining room.
3: So- right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
1: think that is important to
0: note here is that this is we're talking about commercial DTF printers. And, and right. you know, so that so real quick, too, I don't know if you got to it and I just missed it, but. And, and I know you said like in your demo room, you've got them packed in there pretty tightly, but but for a production facility, what, what kind of a footprint should they kind of plan on for?
3: So I would say at least 10 feet wide for the two head and probably 18, you know, 10 by 20 is probably safer. You have to need to get to the back of the machine because that's where you load your film. That's okay. where, you're, where your ink reservoirs are at. Uh, you need to get to the tail end of the machine because that's where you take up. Real is it, you know if you wanted to you could actually off center it um to the side because the side that the controls are on so the right you know where the capping station are on the printer is also the side where all the controls for the the belt dryer are mm-hmm. and so you could offset that so you wouldn't center it on a 10 by 20 you'd probably center it on a you know you probably put it a foot and a half over from the center so that you have more room to work on the side you're working on there's nothing on the other side that you really ever need to get to except when you do maintenance on the machine you actually bring the head unit all the way over and you open up a tray so you can actually get under to work on uh just checking cleaning around the edges of the the ramps on the head awesome okay
0: all right well so don let's let's talk about this here right uh, you were uh, we've we've already joked about it right that we were all there at that early stage of the dtg right. world um and you know we were all there when white ink started being introduced into that space too and and you know the the joys and then some of the challenges with that what what about these printers how, how do they deal with the, you know the white ink issues
3: so the first thing we have to do is to tell people to quit reading old posts on t-shirt forums um <laughs> because even in the dtg world white ink has gotten worlds better yes. than it was right yeah you, you we remember back in the day when if you got two out of five shirts to print right on with white ink, we were doing we were killing it, you know, it was time to leave for a long three martini lunch after that. Um, So that being said, these are basically the grandchildren of those ink sets. Uh, The difference is, is they don't set up if you were to print out a, a white t shirt, a black t shirt with white ink on it on your DTG, and let it set and come back to tomorrow later in the day tomorrow it touch it. It's gonna be pretty dry. Right? Yeah. These inks gel, they do not dry up the same way. Um we've actually cut off, left something hanging on the front of the printer and come in the next day and run it through the powder and it still took the powder. So they don't dry as readily as I mean we're doing a lot, we run a lot of ink through these machines and we're doing, you know, because a, a typical demo I do is 30 to 50 feet worth of transfers, right? Uh-huh. So we're filling the 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 white tank up quite regularly. And as you know, on any of the bulk systems we've always used in the past, pretty quickly, you got crunchies all around that as you, as you screw the lid off. These, you don't get anywhere near that level of drying. And what you get is more of a, a gelled finish than a dried finish. So we don't see that. We have... We we don't recommend people keep the machines on twenty four seven. We do circulate and stir our white ink. Um, first thing I'll do when I come in, I'll I'll power it on, let it start circulating and stirring. Um, for you know, ten minutes while I'm getting everything else fired up and ready. You do usually it's one one nozzle check. I mean, one head cleaning and a nozzle check and you're good to go. And it's an impressive nozzle check when you do a forehead. You got sixteen channels of white and sixteen channels of color. It's like, you know, it's like a billboard of <laughs> nozzle check. But we have not, I mean, again, I'm blown away because right, you know, you used to be in the, the day when everybody replaced printheads every six months or so. Our demo machine, we started, we started this journey uh, in May of last year, we got our first machine in and we were pretty cautious about stuff because of those days, right? Um, yeah. And so we, we didn't sell our first machine for ten, for five months after that testing. We're still on the same pair of heads that have been in that. And as you guys know also from being on this side of the table to the end users, do as we say, not as we do. Because we're terrible about doing maintenance, right? Because we got 900 other things going on. And right now I do the majority of our demos. So I'm only at this location on Mondays and Wednesdays to do demos. So very frequently that machine is turned off on Wednesday when I leave and not turned on until I come in Monday morning. And literally you do one one head cleaning. Rare is it that I do two head cleanings and it's back. So this is the truth. That's a real world we haven't replaced. We've replaced one print head and the machines we have in the field. And that was user induced. It was not a head clog. They just, yeah, we, we won't go into what they did, but that they, they, we've only replaced one in the field and they're user replaceable. I mean, that's the other side to it. Um, You know the print heads we use are the the i3200 Epson heads. Um, we buy our print heads from Epson America. We don't bring them in with the machines when they're imported. We want to make sure they're not counterfeit heads, they're original heads, and they're they're like $1,480, which is not chump change, but it's what many of the DX5, DX7 type of heads are selling for for specialty application printers, and they just they just go and go and go. They're four color, eight channel heads
1: cool well so don i think you kind of covered it but but walk us through what what's what's daily maintenance and you and you've already said you don't have to print every day but but somebody somebody comes in uh on monday morning what are they going to do
3: so on monday morning you're going to you're literally going to power the machine up uh most of these machines that are they're being they're using the the uh i3200 and using the i think it's the p600 heads um have a, a, a the same controller there's a company that's developed a controller for them so you you fire up the software that's part of your pc that's part of the system itself turn the machine on do a head cleaning and do a nozzle check that's it the the maintenance is on the back end so at the end of a day of production what you'll do is you move over the the printhead carriage and this is again coming from the days of converted frankenstein to machines when you had to like you know, you had like a jeweler's loop on so you could see inside of stuff. And you had the person with the skinniest fingers on the company going and do maintenance. These are like, I see how big my hands are there. You know, you're, you're talking about a capping station. that's probably that Well, the plate that the capping stations are on, is probably 12 inches by 12 inches and much bigger on the forehead. You have your two capping stations set, setting there and a wiper blade. that's about six inches wide. You clean it, you wipe it down just like you would. What we were used to, it's just, it's accessible. We joke that inside the forehead, you actually can pull up your stool inside of the printer and work around it to that big to get at it. that. That has four, that has two wiper blades, one for the whites and one for the colors. And then encoder strip probably once, once a week at most because we're printing on film. We're only running a one millimeter gap. And so, and we're not vomiting ink out like we do straight onto a shirt because we're not, we don't have to worry about the absorption we're printing onto a film so you don't get the the misting and and the encoders themselves are typically about five to six inches above print area as well as opposed to a couple inches so that's it and then you can slide the, the print head all the way over the carriage and the other side opens up and you can actually get in there and just wipe around for those of you all who've worked with digital printers, they have a ramp and then the bottom of the printhead. The ramps is where most of your buildup becomes. You just clean around those ramps and back. Literally, I just talked more than it takes time um, to do. When I did the, the training video for maintenance, I think it took me 10 or 12 minutes to film it and it's about a five to six minute process at the end of a day of production.
0: Okay. okay. Awesome. Good information. All right. Well, let's let's get back to a couple of those regulator questions here, Eric, if you, you can uh, scroll back up and find what Mike had to say here. He he said, uh, how does DTF feel and breathe as compared to traditional screen print or Supacolor, which he's told is not DTF? So what, tell us about the hand there, Don.
3: So the best thing to compare it to is uh, Plastisol transfers. Okay. Um, it is a transfer, right? Uh, you, you can create some negative space. Uh, we have the ability in our rip also to do dots and stripes and things like that to can soften stuff up as well. It, it is not, it, let's take it from the opposite direction. It's not HTV, right? Yeah. So it's not as as heavy a hand as heat transfer vinyl. It's not as soft as DTG, which I think is on the other end of, yep. of direct image or transfer processes. Um, and it also has to do who you get it from. We spent you know 5 months perfecting this. It's, I don't I don't want to sound braggadocious, but you know this the group of people that've been collected where I work at there's some high heavy hitters here who've been around this stuff for a long time. We've got you know the belcat guys, you got Jared, you got myself. We have a lot of us that have a lot of background in this. And so we've worked with our software manufacturers to control how much white ink we put down and we've worked we probably tried five different ink sets and films and powders. So not all are created. I'll tell you, the the owner of the company called me in in December of 2020 because there were only like four of us working in the building at that time. <laughs> and, and he was bored. You no, know, oh, yeah. he said, and he showed me, he goes, what do you think about this? I go, you know, my whole last 16 years of my career have been a lie. Why are we talking transfers again, right? And then he showed me some samples. I go, well, don't have to worry about that. These look like crap. And they literally, it was like, you had taken a DTG print, the amount of white ink we did, and then you slapped, you know, a piece of baloney on the bottom of it that was going to smish out. It was there was no sharp edges, had a really heavy hand. And so we had to re- refine it from that. So they do have a light feel, but I mean you could put a full on a, a full coverage on your chest, especially like on something like a performance wear, which is going to be more form fitting and thinner, you're going to know it's there. But it's going to be the same if you screen print it on there. If you did a plasmasol transfer or you did a, a heat transfer, the only thing it's not going to have and is going to be the sublimation, which really doesn't look good on black, by the way.
0: <laughs> doesn't show up on black, but that's right, exactly. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. All right, um, it, it's a tonal look, Don. It's you know, um, <laughs> can't see black on black. No, okay. Um, yeah. All right. Well, so that's the, another show. Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> right. All right, Mike. So hopefully we've got that answer for you. Um, and then Evelyn asks. Uh, just talking about like if people that aren't quite ready to jump into the commercial space, would you be able to connect us with people that have machines and a person who can produce these? Do you get, do you guys have like customers that uh, that are creating transfers for others that you could connect people with in their area? Yeah, we
3: do. I mean, it's, we have a, you know, it's really hard to, to, for most operations, you know, you could be a $5 million a year company and buy one of these things and you're probably not going to run it 40 hours a week. If you do, You're really happy right yeah (laughs) or we need to talk to you about what you're charging for your output but that's another story so (laughs) a lot of our customers are amenable um to to doing you know wholesale work for other companies in fact it's one of the things we use as a selling point is that listen you're probably not going to run it most people aren't going to run their their machines a couple three hours a day which is huge for them also because when you start to look at it it's like well why why do i need to go to a bigger machine if you go to a so you're running it three hours a day. If instead you went from a two head to a four head, you're now running it one hour a day. You're saving ten hours of labor a week by doing it. But then again, if you can fire that up and run it another hour or two a week, even at 150 linear feet an hour, you're putting 300, you're putting 600 transfers out there as well. So we have a lot of customers doing it. I mean, and you know, this has been a tsunami of of sales. We went from we took our foot off of We put it in gear basically at the very end of October. And here we are coming into the end of the first quarter. So not even six months in. And DTF machine sales are two and a half to one over DTG sales. And we're an established DTG player, right? Um, and dollar wise, they're they're tripling what we are on DTG for sales. So we have a backlog of machines. You know, we're we're getting machines in and produced as quickly as is humanly possible given the state of everything and so our a lot of our customers who buy machines who are are waiting for their delivery times other customers are stepping in and helping them fulfill and we're going to play that forward as well.
0: Okay interesting cool so we'll we'll get uh, people your contact details and they can connect with you on that And if
3: they want samples too like the individuals are concerned about it we have a standard sample pack that we send out that has a full coverage white rectangle and then we have some things that have some tonal you know we've done a really good job working with our software people to come up with ways to deal with the the infamous fade to shirt right the uh gum flames that somebody start passing around about ten years ago. So uh, we, we'll be glad to get you out some samples as well to get your hand on it.
0: Nice, nice, nice. And then Don, you mentioned if they're having pricing struggles, yeah, you should just uh, connect them with me. We've got a great uh, business foundation tool over here at our success group. So we'll talk right. about that later. No, no. <laughs> you and I will <laughs> behind the scenes. All right, there you go. Um, <laughs> so let, let's talk about this. Um, just saw this pop up and so wanted to see kind of what your Take was on this. There, there's some conversation out there about air filtration of the adhesive powder. You know, is, is that a, a concern? Or is that something that people need to be aware of? And and then how do you guys address that?
3: I haven't seen any problems. Okay, no. Um, <laughs> so actually, your your air filtration issues are more about the smoke that comes off of the uh, the media as it goes through the dryer. Um, there are two different systems on ours. One of them is a chimney. One of them is um, a like they're almost like an exhaust system that draws out, uh, and then you take it out. Either you exhaust it outside. Uh, we we generally tell you if you're going to exhaust it outside that you want to put a some kind of positive airflow in there. So there's like, you know, like screen printers will even use it for their ducting work where they'll actually put an inline fan to draw out the exhaust out. Okay. Um, or there are a number of of attachments that you can get. I'm actually evaluating for right now that uh range from under a thousand to around two thousand dollars or so that actually allows you then to run it in an office environment it's got filters in it it'll actually draw that out any of the powder that goes airborne is generally going to be drawn in to the to the actual belt dryer and out that vent as well so i haven't seen you know any concerns uh of that there's not a lot of of odor associated You, you know when you don't turn on the the evacuate we actually had a cheech and chong moment uh a few weeks ago where it's like i'm like jared he goes dave's not here man i was like there was so much smoke in the room. Uh, you do have to turn it on so for it to work
1: some of our listeners will have to uh, look that up i believe <laughs> yeah, <true. Cheech laughs> and Chong up yeah. in smoke <laughs> yeah,
3: good stuff nobody that worked at the u.s green will have to though <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs>
1: all right.
0: Well, so well, Terry, do you have some other questions? Yeah, yeah. I'm on? sorry.
1: I, I'm just uh, just uh, taking it all in. And uh, Don, you 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 addressed this uh, a little bit, but everybody's dealing with supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are things going with you guys on on not only machines but but materials uh, uh, that are consumed as well?
3: Good, good question uh on machines nobody can get machines fast enough for anything right now right yep. it, it, that's just across the board it ha you know there's something somewhere i don't care whether you say my stuff's made in the united states it's made in china it's made in kentucky right right yep. yep the the biggest thing is is that stuff comes from asia stuff that's in those things comes from asia so you have those challenges costs of shipping are crazy and whatnot um we are supplies wise, we're fine. Uh, we've, we have brought in containers of supplies, number one. Secondarily, uh, our inks now are being are, are running through uh, Kodak. Kodak certifies all of the inks that we bring in. So Kodak's got a little deeper pockets than we do. Uh, so they're keeping, when we order ink, it like ships in a couple of days and we have ink, so we're that. I mean, it's certainly something that's a moving target. and. Uh, Consumables is something we take very seriously. We ship over 200 packages of of supplies out of this building every single working day. So we take it seriously about having those. Machines, I won't lie, they're typically right now, it's about a 120 day delivery time on machines. Um, And we've actually had companies, I have a company right now that has two machines in queue. One they had ordered that's actually delivering like next week or two, and they added another one already because they already have seen the the growth potential with it. And some folks have been doing transfers for them. And unfortunately, the companies that we've got that are buying multiples of eight to 10 machines, most of them are being really cool about saying, hey, we'll take four and four. And so that's also actually allowing us to keep machines for the folks that are coming. But it's, it's a reality check that you have, you're going to have delays with these types of machines. And especially when you get companies like us that we actually went back to our manufacturers since the first of the year. And we we literally quadrupled our projections for orders. And so we went from being about a third of their worldwide volume of all their printers to we're gonna be about 85% of their worldwide volume of printers by the time we hit about third quarter. So, you know, it's definitely a real world. It it, there's very, I think that from what I've heard from folks, even a lot of the companies that we would compete against in this, May not even have machines to do to do samples on um, because they're, you know, they're down to that. We we won't do that. I have a forehead and a two-head I keep in stock here. Number one, to be able to demonstrate stuff and do samples. But number two, it's really hard to support something that you can't stick your face under the hood when you're on the phone with somebody. So yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. So if you want one right now, Terry, send me a check for 40% down. I can get you one in early August, late July. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks for that. In case this with the, the chicken wings doesn't work out for you, yeah,
0: <laughs> Terry. um, you need to go get your checkbook, or you, I can cover nice. it for you. For no, okay. I would
3: say his credit's good, but I would be lying. <laughs> wow, oh, <laughs> I did wow. have wings left. Just the way. don't take me lightly.
1: <laughs>
0: All right, uh, real quick here, a couple more questions from our, our regulars before we yep. get you out of here, Don. Um, first off, Scott said he won't have to go look it up, so uh, um, we're good there. Um, Mike Muldoon asked uh you mentioned negative space so it can kind of do half tones and such is that correct or we-
3: yes yeah, so you you can that we have uh modes that we call fades and okay. it, it addresses the way we deal with translucency layers um but also in the the software and and terry and and, and aaron know we use cad link right and mm-hmm. the CAD link rip has the ability to actually, for those of you who know how to do it, to actually do uh, screening methods as well. So you can make it look more like a screen printed uh, fade as well. So you can yeah. set it up that way. We've had customers actually do it themselves inside of Photoshop or whatnot and send it. There's different ways to deal with it that we address. And you play basically, it's just playing with how you put white down uh, underneath of the areas. that are not a hundred percent, you know, opaque. Cool. Okay. Awesome. And
0: then, um, we don't need to get too deep into this don but uh evelyn asks is anyone in the u.s planning on producing these to to your knowledge there's
3: nobody builds printers in the united states yeah you know you can't i mean uh, all of the printing technology uh it probably all cycles back to initially to uh, japan which is where most of the print heads come but a lot of the leading edge development of of the controllers and things like that is coming out of china yeah is where most of it's coming from right now yeah on all machines all printers large format and whatnot yeah exactly
0: okay uh and then one last one here for you don uh tanya said she may have missed it because she had to walk away but is training on site as well as the install how does that uh...
3: so it's you can get an on-site install we have had four companies uh sign up for it only one has taken it by the once they went through our Uh, online, Uh, because we—it's when you buy a machine, you're not obviously getting it immediately, even if we are in a situation before we started to get overwhelmed with the number of orders. It was still like a month before you would get a machine when you bought it, because we have to prep them and we print them out and all the machine comes to you completely assembled on the stand. Uh, We've printed it out. It's all we've done all of the head alignments and everything is done. And then the literally the dryer, you roll it out of the crate you install the, um, take up roller to it, you plug it in, you put on your ventilation system for it. And then you, uh, you turn it on for half an hour to get that new, new car smell out of it. You know, <laughs> as we fire up a new dryer, uh, and you roll it up to it and you're ready to go. We had a local company here was the first company to buy one of these machines, which is by the way, if you're in the, our side of it, it's always smart to do somebody that's 20 minutes away <laughs> from you on your first install of anything. And, uh, We went in to to be there jared went over to spend time and he said after two hours he felt like he was in their way right Mm -hmm. the next day they they called us and let us know that they had printed a thousand transfers yeah so you can pay for an on-site install but it's not necessary it's literally roll two pieces of component together watch a video on how to load ink and how to to install the software and you're printing it's it is that simple and You know, you'll see that in the, in the videos. It's, 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 it's crazy how, how easy it is. It's because it's all known technology, right? Yeah, it is. Awesome. But it is an option if you want it.
0: Okay, cool. Thanks, John, for answering all that. And we appreciate Mm -hmm. uh, all this information. So last and final question for you here before we let you get out of here, Uh, where can people connect with you and and learn more?
3: So they can go to coldesi.com, C-O-L-D-E-S-I.com. And we have multiple product lines. You can jump off onto the, the DTF uh, there. And we have we have a, a group of like three guys who mainly are handling the sales of DTF, all of them very knowledgeable. One of them's probably got almost as much time in the industry as I do. Um, and they'll answer questions for you about pricing availability and stuff like that. And any technical questions you have, uh, they'll bounce through to me. If, we, if it's something you're serious to the point you want looking at a demo, we do do live virtual demos as well um we typically do demos on mondays and wednesdays and we'll we can do it with a video camera and you know you you back and forth with us so we can do software demonstration and all as well if you're to that point or if you want to come to tampa you know or come down to clearwater here and and see a live demo we can set that up for you as well
0: awesome all right don thank you so much appreciate uh, all of your time and information here today it's, uh really really good uh knowledge about DTF right it, like you said it's interesting to see how all this has changed and evolved over time and uh we appreciate you sharing about commercial DTF with us
3: today I appreciate the opportunity to be here
1: hey Don right. it's good seeing you it's been too good long seen you guys. my friend it has been we're gonna
3: need to get some wings you <laughs> yes, guys need to come for a demo remember we're in the, the home of Hooters it's where it all started.
1: That's
0: right. I did Get not, not know that. It's
3: two miles from us, actually, where I'm sitting right now, from the original. You didn't.
1: Numbers. You didn't open with that as your selling point.
3: No, I was, the Brady thing was too easy. The Brady thing was really too easy.
1: All right, Don. Thanks right, a lot, you, man. Sure. Have a great day.
3: Take Thanks care, Don.
0: All right, that was great. Uh good information there. Learned a lot from Don, so we appreciate his time here today. So, uh we're going to we're going to switch sides of the table here a little bit. Uh, t- Eric, I'm going to ask you to join in and then I will push the buttons for you. We'll see how this goes. This should be entertaining. <laughs> but uh welcome right. in Eric Campbell, and Eric is here because he is going to bring us our five things for today. So, Eric, like I said, I will do my best to push the buttons with with the correct uh, spacing. So are you ready, sir? All right, let's go for it.
2: All right, folks, so these are five reasons to keep up with continuing education. So you guys know that we teach a lot. We go to the trade shows and teach quite a bit, and there are actually really good reasons that we like to have you out there. It's not just because we want to see your shining faces, though we certainly do. Uh, First one, pretty obvious, the one that we always kind of hear people use is uh, improving your existing skills. Everyone wants to refine our skills. Everyone wants to get better at the things we already do. So that's something that we should be doing, getting out there, doing your stuff, making sure you're doing decorating and doing it the right way. The next thing, stay up to date with new techniques, equipment, and materials. You'd be surprised how many times there are new things, new nuances, things that might change the way you work. You need to get out there and find out what's new. Find out if it's something that fits for your shop or your workflow. Uh, third thing test out decoration techniques roles or business directions professional guidance (laughs) many times i've had people come out to uh, my classes not because they're trying to necessarily do the thing that i'm teaching but they're seeing if there is something there for them and to the point of even teaching classes letting people know what it's like to do things like bring in in in-house digitizing or do a new type of technique Often the people who are teaching are either in the space of doing that work or are in the space of servicing the equipment that does that work. And it can help to hear from them the kind of experiences they have or the experiences they've seen out in the field. Next one is to increase your confidence. If you are working entirely in a bubble, you're working by yourself, sometimes you don't really know where you're at, getting out, seeing real samples, seeing experts and talking to them about process can increase your confidence. Even if you aren't learning brand new mind blowing things, you may find out that you are on the right track and it can help you when you feel like you're in the dark. And last but not least, uh, make connections with like-minded growth oriented people. The people who are there to educate themselves, to learn and to get better are the best kind of people you can be discussing your business with. Frequently, one of the best things you get, especially out of live continuing education or continuing education where you can interact with the people around you is a chance to be around people who might not be your direct competition that have that same mindset and that growth orientation and who are in the kind of business you have or adjacent businesses who can give you that kind of insight. So the connections you build there are incredibly worthwhile. And that's my five reasons.
0: Keeping right. up doing education, excellent, excellent. Yes, indeed. Uh, good stuff for sure, Eric. Thank you so much. Tanya says, uh, I'm still hitting buttons, Eric. So, oh, Tanya okay. says, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> agreeing <laughs> with you there. So, and then, uh, my good friend Q here says, I've said before, don't let Aaron have a keyboard
2: with shiny buttons. So, <laughs> this is true. Uh, when both of us have control of the buttons, only bad things can come of <laughs> it
0: all right uh, all right hey Let's eric start. while you're here sir uh, oh. would you share with us what uh what you've got coming up here
2: hey why not yeah why not uh let me actually get to that section of the outline all <laughs> right so join me today on uh, my show later on 2 30 p.m uh, mountain time for the take-up today it's episode 104 and that is branching sequencing and interlace in machine embroidery uh, i'm going to be discussing how objects flow together so if you're talking about like connected scripts or interlace hey it was just saint patrick's day you're doing knotwork type designs you want to know how to get dimension making things look like they go over and under the way they should and how to just deal with that or different sequencing of connected scripts on hats because we have to have a special sequence to make those run come check me out at erictamble.com there's a tab at the top called the take up that will allow you to get to the playlist so that's happening today at 2 30. Also, I have two classes coming up. If you didn't get to catch them earlier, Dax Chicago Land is coming up at the end of April 21st from uh, 830 to 12. We're going to have digitizing your first design, finding your foundations. And on the 22nd from 220 to 340 p.m. design, editing and alterations. So get over there to Dax to find out more about uh, not just my classes, but all of our classes.
0: Excellent. All All right. Eric, thanks so much, sir. And uh, back uh, behind the the table, please.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Back off screen,
0: folks. (laughs) Awesome. All right, Terry, what about you? What's coming up for you?
1: Well, uh, I have uh, the upcoming Impressions Expo in Atlantic City on the 24th at one o'clock. I'll be doing everything you hear about DTG printing on the Internet is wrong. And uh, the next day on Friday, the 25th at 1045, Exactly when this show is going on. I'll be doing screen printing specialty inks. And then uh, the DAC show in Chicagoland, Tenley Park, April 22nd uh, at 1020, specialty inks and how to use them properly. And at 1230 the same day, why is getting started in DTG printing so confusing? And then, uh, Aaron, my complete screen printing business class. Uh, workhorse products here in Phoenix will be May 14th and 15th. And then the following week, I'll be in Chicago at Atlas Screen Supply, uh, May 21st and 22nd, doing that exact same class. And all my upcoming screen printing classes for 2022 are on my website, along with all my other events. And that is terrycombs.com. How about you, Aaron? Well, before, before
0: I get to what I'm sharing, I did want to uh, just give you a quick shout out, uh, Terry. I, I was talking to a friend of mine that I've met through the DAX shows, Chris Lunn. And you may remember Chris, because he was just in your class there in Chicago. And uh, I I just, you know, I said, hey, so how was it? Right. I was just trying to see, you know, is Terry really as good as he says he is? And Chris has been in the industry for a very long time. And he said, you know, based on that fact, he was kind of going, OK, well, it'd be a good refresher. He said, yeah, I walked away with lots of great information, really, really enjoyed it and uh, and felt really confident leaving uh, being able Fantastic. to talk screen print. So um, there you go. A little testimonial for you, Terry. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, for me, uh, the, the thing exciting, really pumped about this next week uh, there's going to be this virtual summit called uh, mountaintop motivation and it is a three-day summit actually it starts on march 23rd goes through march 25th Uh, 21 ish maybe a few more speakers happening over those three days and uh, i'm really excited to be a part of that Uh, my presentation is going to be about conquering fear and thriving and uh, so that'll happen on the 24th, but uh, tune in all three days. And what makes this even better? It's free. This whole, <laughs> like the three days of uh, incredible mindset and just kind of inspiration and, and great tips that are going to be shared by a wide range of folks um, happening again, all three days. So I'm, I'm really excited to just partake, take in it as well. Um, you can find out more about it and sign up for your free spot in that at osg.link forward slash MTM for mountaintop motivation. So osg.link forward slash MTM. So make sure you check that out. Um, and then the, the other two things that I'll share here, um, I've been really enjoying this new app called Volley. In fact, I even have a mug that I made with <laughs> Volley on it, right? And it's not about volleyball. You guys might think Aaron's a volleyball nut, of course. No, it's actually volleying information back and forth. So I I kind of call it a uh, a Slack if you've heard of the Slack communication deal, it's like Slack, but with video. So it's asynchronous, meaning I don't have to be on the other side when somebody sends me a message or there can be group chats and stuff like that. And uh, anyhow, it's just a, a really cool thing. and And I've created a space over there where we're discussing business tips, success principles um all sorts of great information that uh, what how we want to grow that space right it, it's just starting to get going so it's mainly me and a couple other folks talking right now but we want everybody to jump in there and discuss share ask questions all that kind of stuff so you can check that out at osg.link forward slash volley v-o-l-l-e-y and um so yeah i'm really excited about that it's a really cool uh, cool space and i've had a great time getting involved so there's the other side of my mug by the way check it out all right um and then uh coming up here in about 20 minutes we've got the half with eric and i and uh it's a wide open 30 minute q a just open discussion right we 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 get in with lots of introductions and saying hi but uh, we love getting into your questions right away or, or you know thoughts right we can discuss anything you want to talk about dtf over there we you know we can kind of Yo, this is what we heard Don say, right? We can <laughs> interpret or whatever, or we can talk about, you know, heck, we've talked about chicken wings. We've talked about the best dipping sauce for wings, which is ranch. We all know. And right, Terry.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I, I was at, I was at wings place last night and I, I had to ask for blue cheese and I was I was really offended because he said, well, it comes with ranch. <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. Cause they know it anyhow. Um, so it, it's a great conversation. It's not scripted at all. We, we love it. It is only 30 minutes. So you're only to participate that long. In fact, we kind of have a little bit of fun at the end where we'll, we'll shut off in the middle of a sentence and, um, gosh. And then I see Jennifer coming in with naked wings are the best. So, um, (laughs) all right. So that, that's, that's kind of what happened. I'm going to be at DAX Chicago too, but we can talk about that more next week. Also going to be at everything embroidery market coming up, but I shared a lot of those things last week. So we're way into bonus time here, Terry. I think we've done the damage that we can do today. How's that I think so too. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, Terry, let's close this show up
1: then, would you? Yes um well we want to thank Don Copeland for uh from Cold Essie for giving us a great DTF education. We want to thank Eric Campbell for keeping the wheels on the podcast bus going round and round over there Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and being live on on screen too.
0: So and, and exactly. thank you for for filling in there for me real quick. I was at the wrong part of the outline but <laughs> all right you guys. Well, Terry, uh as you mentioned, you're going to be in the middle of a seminar. I I still am a little kind of don't understand why you don't just you know do the two regular guys during the seminar. People would love that, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> so you will be at a seminar. So it'll be myself, but we're gonna be joined by Jay bissell He's gonna be stepping in and uh helping out and uh the conversation is going to be about uh 2022, gosh, I keep keep having a hard time saying that, right? I I can't believe it's 2022, 2022 apparel trends. So uh, really excited to uh, chat about that with Jay. And and we'll see, we may have some other people that uh, pop in and heck, you know, Eric actually is going to be around too. So we'll just, we'll see how it's all going to go. It's going to be a fun show to talk about the 2022 apparel trends. So that's happening next week, Terry. I
1: I hate that I'm missing that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but until then, I'm Terry Combs. You can be team replay, Terry. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I'm Terry Combs. He's Aaron Montgomery. And we are the two regular guys. Here we go. We're out.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you for listening to two regular guys. Check out our website at two regular guys.com. That's the number two regular guys.com.